1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: The Five Rings Podcast with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie on the Sports Podcasting Network. Follow us and listen to us live on Twitter at Five Rings Podcast and like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash sports podcasting network for more content. Good day, good night, welcome to the Fabrics Podcast. I'm Kev Laramie, joined by Dwayne Rollins. As always, an historical day for you today in the world of Olympic football. Dwayne and I will break down that beautiful match between the States and Canada. Of course, later on on Soccer Today, we'll break it down more statistically and look at the entirety of this. But first of all, Dwayne, how are you today?
1: I'd like to give a special hello to our American listeners.
0: I I hope your day is going well. We'll see if that is truly the case. Night was a, well, you had a good night last night. Gold Cup, U.S., congratulations, you are the U.S. men's national team, champions of CONCACAF. Also, Canada has eliminated, well, at least, no, not eliminated, they'll play for the bronze medal, but Canada is going to go for gold. And we'll talk about that later. But how was your entire night of Olympics, Dwayne?
1: It was good. It was good, Kevin. Thank you for asking. I don't want to make this soccer centric, even though we have a show called Soccer Today, which, you know, when you've been waiting 18 years to watch a result happen, you want to really talk about it. I'm not going to completely associate this entire thing with that. But look, yeah, it's been good. Thank you for asking, Kevin. It's been good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. A few topics before we go into our medals of the day. Dwayne, there's a few news that are happening as we speak in the Olympic world. And let's start with the biggest news of the day, because it was announced earlier today that Simone Biles will be taking part of the BEAM final, she has decided to participate in the BEAM final. She had previously withdrawn from the five other competitions. She was scheduled to compete in the Tokyo Olympic Games. She has what's called the twisties. She also alluded to it lately. So it's been more or less confirmed what has been troubling Simone Biles. On the BEAM, in her rotation and routine, you do not have as many rotation, And she feels confident and she's doing really well. In training, also for Ellie Black, the Canadian gymnast, she will be taking also part in this competition. Her ankle is doing a better; she did change the possible dismount in her routine instead of doing the double pike, which does bring more impact on the ankle. She has changed to a more conservative dismount which will not give as much trouble to the ankle. So, two good news in the world of gymnastics, and we're really happy for Simone Biles. We will see her in the last final of the gymnastic competition at Tokyo 2020 in the Artistic Gymnastic Department.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I'm glad we're going to get to see Simone Biles participate in an event that she has been very good at throughout her career, and that hopefully she can put a performance down that will allow us to remember her as the champion that she was. Um, Look, it's unfortunate that she wasn't healthy enough to be able to defend her Olympic gold medal. And I, I use that term healthy purposely because the, it's, it's, it's an injury of like any other, if it's mental, right? Like it is, it truly is. So, so thankfully, we're going to have an opportunity to see her compete in this. And thankfully for Ali Black as well, that we're going to see her compete, which is maybe Canada's well, there's no maybe about it. It is Canada's greatest ever gymnast ever. So, so I'm glad to see both of them in there. And I am looking forward to watching it happen, and that's really all we need to say. Because what we watch the Olympics for is competition. You want to see the best athletes in the world compete against each other, and and it looks like we will in this in this particular competition.
0: Yeah, and it will take place uh, just a few days from now, I believe, uh, August so next night, so August third in Tokyo. So tomorrow, so tonight, if you're watching us on Eastern Time. Table. On that note, you can follow Dwayne on 24th Minute and myself on Kev Laramie to follow our live comments on Twitter at Rings Podcast for this show. If you were wondering, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we appreciate. Your viewership, your listenership, and we are happy to see this podcast trend in many places and climb up the standings. And it's been really fun to do this show with, of course, Dwayne, as always, but with you our, as our listener over the last few weeks. Now, Dwayne, let's continue another subject that I wanted to talk about because I've been watching the early this morning, the competition in wrestling in my second screen. Because it's a sport that you can watch without sound. It doesn't really change a whole lot. And it's kind of fun to see the move and to see... I kind of like watching without sound. Because you're not influenced by the commentators. And you can actually see the movement. And Cuba is not as performing in other sports as we anticipated. But in wrestling. And another one we'll talk later. Here in wrestling, it's a dominant country. It's a dominant force. There's two gold medals today well there's more gold medal that were da- done wrestling but there's two that i want to pay attention to and it's orta sanchez in the 60 kilogram gold medal from cuba mm-hmm. also Mijane lopez nunez 103 gram- kilogram gold medal from cuba those were not only big names dwayne but also pan-american game champion pan-american champion central and caribbean champion for orta sanchez in the 60 kilogram and when we're talking about Mijane lopez He's a legend in this sport. Gold medal in Beijing in the 120 kilogram. Gold medal in London, 120 kilogram. Gold medal in Rio. Gold medal in Tokyo. World championships? Well, 2005, 2007, 2009. Oh, wait, 2010. 2014, all goals. Add a couple silver, mix into it. Legend of this sport. Now competing at 130 kilograms. That, that's what happens during your battle with Father Time. Later on, you put a little bit more on, but he's doing it well, and once again, Olympic gold medalist. It was quite a performance, and I really enjoyed the strategy and the pure level of the wrestling of the Cuban wrestlers. I
1: love. I wrestled in high school. I I was a half-assed wrestler, so I always appreciate the wrestling competition a lot. And uh, the one thirty kilo uh, class is actually the class that I wrestled in in high school. So, so this has a particular um, sort of thing uh, for me that way. But no, when you're talking about Cuba, Cuba's a a country that has a very um, passionate and historic history in sport. Period. They they've always overachieved. They also are a country that has had a lot of issues through the years we'll say there's been a lot of things that have perhaps would have held lesser nations back and i say lesser purposely here because because the cuban people have always stepped up and have managed to really inspire and and be passionate about what they do so so in this particular case you're talking about a, a person who has been dominant and continues to be and and all you can do is is tip your hat to it and and be happy that this athlete has been able to Excel, even though there are situations in their own country that makes it less than ideal for anyone, right? So,
0: and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up too, because right now those two gold medals are bringing a lot of relief for the people of Cuba if they're able to watch this. Because we know electricity right now and food and a lot of things have been really made difficult with the upheaval that is happening over the last few months. And the performance of the Cuban athlete last night, hopefully bring a little bit of a of solace, maybe empty solace, but a smile is a smile regardless of the reason. And maybe the wrestlers brought a smile to someone in Nirvana.
1: 100%. I mean, look, we all understand that sport isn't real, that just because the sports team that you're cheering for wins or the sports person that you're cheering for wins wins doesn't mean that your life's any better it just means you're a little happier for the moment but i will always refuse to accept the idea that that doesn't matter so good for them and hopefully other countries and other places will have similar moments because it it does matter and it does it, it it i can tell you firsthand it it helps people to feel better about their life when they have these situations. So, so good for that. And I really have a a very soft spot for, for athletes that are able to compete when they've had situations that they're training in that we cannot comprehend those of us in the first world
0: oh, there's no way we can understand what they went through or going through. Or even these athletes, the conditions that they train in are very different than other athletes. And we'll talk about that also on this show. It's it's one of our narrative because there's always a story behind the performance. And sometimes the story behind the performance, just to make us understand how amazing that performance was. And this performance, our poutine medal. I don't know. Wait, we're too excited. That was, We're jumping the gun. Yeah,
1: we're no medal. But yeah, we're just talking about it, yeah.
0: No, but I mean, I was going to segue into the poutine, but no, let's do the wood first. Let's do our negative and then we'll fall into an amazing positive that Nuna and I have been waiting uh, at least together a decade to talk about (laughs) and uh, two decades to talk about it in the actual real world. Let's talk about the wood medal for day 10, rain weather. Torrential rain interrupted the field events and complicated the work of the track athletes on day number 10. As you can see on your screen, some of the track was covered, like lane 9 was a little bit covered, and it actually helped the Canadian uh, maybe, but we'll talk about that later. But there's also torrential rain on the track, but the field events were interrupted, the pole vault on the women's vinyl was kind of like a mess. We wish all the best for the Chapman. She had difficulties yesterday, no heights. She was unable to get even a jump in. Three run to the pole vault station ended up with no heights. And there's a few athletes that had difficulties in that event. But regardless, rain interrupted the field events and did complicate the work. And when you're just talking about hurdles, the 400 meters hurdles, the heats were going on. And <laughs> not easy to run and then jump. There was a couple casualties. Only one fell during the three heats of the 400 hurdles on the women's side that took place during the rain. Only one casualty, you could say. But this could have gone sideways. (laughs) Literally and figuratively.
1: Yeah, 100%. And look, there's no villain here. It's just the weather, right? Like, it sucks. And it would have to absolutely suck if you had trained your whole life and suddenly you're racing in your heat and there's... A torrential downstorm um, I was the commentary I was listening to they were stressing the idea that athletes should train in all conditions and perhaps but those kind of conditions really aren't something that you're going to expose yourself to unless you have to <laughs> and uh, should, com-
0: I- should competition be held in all, all all weather that's also the question like what's what's really the, diff- the difficulty of delaying it for a while when there's no one in the stands and no one is really affected by it Just just run the TV coverage a little longer
1: which you you nailed it it's it's about the tv coverage and that's the the thing that we can't which our show would not exist without unless there's a whole lot of patreons that come on and give us a whole lot of money to go to beijing in six months we're going to be covering the winter olympics as we're covering this off our tv so like the tv runs a lot of this stuff right and that's unfortunate because this should be you know higher faster stronger it should be purity but it's you know, there's a side factors, and this is one, and it's unfortunate. And I would rather give a I would rather give a, a wood medal, Kevin, to the rain than to an athlete that fell or something. So I'm happy to give the wood medal today to the weather once again in Tokyo.
0: <laughs> and this time it's not because it's hot; it's of course because it was rainy. Now let's talk about a moment two decades of the meeting, a team. Surprise, everyone. In the semifinal of the Olympic football tournament, Jesse Fleming of Chelsea, of course, used the big moments in the beautiful game, was given the ball by Christine St. Clair to go and step up on that penalty spot. She looked to her left. She looked to her right. She was ready. French wasn't. SideNet net it was, 1-0 Canada. And for the first time since 2001, a night in November, the Canadian Women's National Team has triumphed versus their rivals, their neighbors, their brothers and sisters and partners, co- teammates. But this time, the Maple Leaf is on top.
1: Uh, <laughs> indeed. Um, look, I fully admit that we shouldn't take as much joy in this as we do, Um but we do because we're Canadian and we're not American. We aren't, but we have qualities that sort of match theirs and we are associated with them. Basically, I know that there's some British listeners out there of us. We're Scottish when it comes to cheering against the country directly south of us or nation in Scottish this case. And and that that's the case tonight. So, so yeah, no, look, here's the thing about the game tonight. We're talking about the uh, women's soccer game, the the semifinal, in which Canada beat the U S one nil the first time they've won in you know 20 years so it, it's it's a long time coming and there's been a lot of frustration over the years and a lot of this and that Christine Sinclair the great player who is the all-time leading goal scorer in all of international soccer whether it's men or women uh this is only the second time she's beat the United States she was on the field the last time they beat them which was 20 years ago so there you go it's it, it, it's a pretty emotional pretty confusing confusing is the word I'll use because I don't quite know what to say about it.
0: <laughs> you should see my text message around 6, 6.42 this morning. Uh, I'm confused is what Dwayne texted <laughs> me. I'm like I I sent him this word which was oh, that's when the, the, the penalty was called, and then wow, when the third whistle was blue, and the reaction was I'm confused. And I was like, is he confused because of, of like the game? Is it more like did I say something that's confused? What was it about? But no, it's because Canada beat the U.S. Canada's going to a gold medal game. It's happening in real life, and we're not used to seeing it. So a, a soft call for Canada at the Olympics?
1: What is this? No, 100%. And look, if you're American, I understand why you might be a little bit confused or aggrieved by by the VAR call that, that gave Canada. The, the penalty which ultimately gave them a medal they're going to medal in these games it, it's going to either be silver or gold they're playing sweden in the final sweden beat australia 1-0 but uh, look i've watched that team play that team a lot and i did not expect that team to ever beat that team ever because i've watched that team lose to that team so much if that makes sense <laughs> right and it's hard yeah. for me to be objective or a anything intellectual right now i'm i'm still like not i haven't fully processed the idea <laughs> for the first time since i was a young man i have seen the canadian women's national team beat the u.s women's national team and, and look if you want to break the stats down the u.s was better they had better chances they had more of the ball they had more shots they had more uh, xg they had all of that stuff but it wasn't dominant it wasn't stupid this wasn't like a stupid upset like a like a keeper stood on their head upset this was just one of those games that happened in the game that we love football and finally it happened for the, the team wearing red so was, look i'm happy for them i really am i, I think there's a lot of work to i think that this isn't definitive or repetitive in any real way but who cares who cares if you can repeat it? Like, who cares?
0: Hey, they're playing for the gold medal. Greece. Greece. 2004 euro. Yeah, they never repeated that performance. You think they care? No. <laughs> so one thing that uh, we've talked about, and but you know when people say, oh, they're defending their Olympic medal. or they're defending their Olympic championship. You don't. You don't defend an Olympic medal. You won an Olympic medal, and no one could ever take that away from you regardless, un- unless you're cheated and you don't. O- outside of that, no one's taking that medal away from you. You're never defending a medal. You're on another journey towards a medal. And that annoys me so much when I hear commentators and people like, well, oh, she couldn't defend an Olympic medal. You don't defend an Olympic medal. Nothing, first of all, you don't owe anyone anything when you step up after winning an Olympic medal for another competition. You don't defend, you just are on another journey. Also, you can't take it away. And that's what's beautiful about this is that win, regardless if you agree with the penalty call. And by the letter of the law, this was a foul, and Mm. it took place in the box. Was it worthy of a goal to decide a game? No. (laughs) But it was a foul. If the same thing happened in the middle of the field, it would have been called. And for once, and that's kind of like the beauty of the Olympics is, Regardless of the moment, the referee doesn't decide. Ah, you know what? I'm gonna let it go because it's so important. No, you broke the law, and that's what the referees, the officials are told, and, and the umpires and all the different sports are told in the Olympics. Like, you have full confidence of the people behind you. We'll back you on your call. So you see something, you do. Just ask an official in the athletics when you give a red card to like. Prescott, or you, they the Great Britain that's supposed to to come and win, and bye he's gone in the semis. You think you don't feel the pressure? You think you're not going to shake before giving that red card because you're like, <laughs> I'm eliminating one of the one of the favorites. But that's what it is, and that's what the VAR did. It saw a foul. The foul took place in the box, and they called the penalty because that's what happens when there's a fall in the box. One, two, three, four.
1: the point i'm making here is that sometimes calls that are borderline get made and sometimes nine years later there's a little bit of karma that happens so there you go i can listen to this whatever
0: <laughs> Duane, whatever if you're new to soccer dwayne is referring the semi semifinal between the u.s and canada where it's one 0 Canada. It's a late, it's a, it's a late in the game. and McLeod, goalkeeper, has the ball in Canada's box. She has the ball in her hand. She's trying to get it away before the ball leaves her hand, before six seconds. To be fair, a whistle Blue, Indirect free kick. Too long of a ball, and the, the the game gets tied by the U.S. with that indirect free kick. And eventually, U.S. got the game winning goal and uh, ended up sending Canada towards the bronze medal game in London. This time around, karma's on the other side.
1: Yeah, well, uh, they actually missed the free kick. There was a borderline penalty, a handball call that gave them a penalty, which gave. Yeah,
0: anyway, there you go. Well, that—that's that, the whole sequence of events. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. You look. um there's a lot going on in that semifinal in, in 2012, and it will remain one of the most insane games of football ever played at the Olympics ever. In fact, maybe the most insane game ever played at the Olympics ever. And, and Canada ended up on the short side of it, but it did actually do another thing. It inspired an entire generation, an entire generation of fans and players and everything else to, to love this team. A team that I have always, as someone who follows them between Olympics, been a little bit reluctant to declare as as good as some people thought they were and i'm you know if i'm going to evaluate this objectively i'm still not going to say that there's the second best team or first best team in the world but it doesn't matter and neither is sweden though
0: neither is sweden and that's the beauty of this tournament and maybe maybe the opportunity because You're facing not a top five team in the world for a gold medal at the Olympics. So enjoy the opportunity, Canada. This one's for you.
1: Yeah, look, and last thought on this. Sweden absolutely deserves a lot of credit for what they've done, and they probably should be even considered the favorite in this game. But are you really going to bet against Christine Sinclair and a team that just seems to (laughs) want to win in the Olympics? Like maybe. Like Sweden could win this game. If they do, they're a great story too. And – all the credit to them if that happens. And if Canada comes away from this this, this tournament with a silver medal, then they have done nothing wrong. <laughs> and we celebrate that. But damn, man, <laughs> they have 90 minutes. and Christine Sinclair could, could come
0: on. Like, she come she on. with that. You win the gold medal, Sinclair, just take your shoes off. Leave him in the <laughs> middle of the, the field. Head. Sorry, go ahead. Walk off the pitch. Yeah, leave your shoes there, just like a just like a boxer leaving the gloves in the ring, or a wrestler leaving the boots in the ring. Leave your cleats in the middle of the field and never touch a soccer ball, at least professionally in your entire career. That's what I would do, but we'll see. Well, but maybe see. that's exactly. what she's waiting for too, right? So,
1: yeah. All right. Well, yeah. No, look, we could talk forever on this. It it was a a good night, and and look, <laughs> the U.S. was better. They've been better for twenty years. They're still a better team. But tonight, Canada won, and they won on the right night. Exactly. Rudy
0: played a, played a game for the Irish, right? Exactly. And Eddie the Eagle landed. That's what happens. One time out of nine. In a movie called Little Giants, nine times out of ten, the favorite bigger team will win. But there's always the tenth one. There's always the tenth one. And before we go into our bronze, our silver, and our gold medal for today, we'll have a short break, and we'll be right back on the Five Rings Podcast. the five rings podcast kev laramay with Dwayne rollins live with you every day during the olympics at five Rings podcast on twitter podcast version available everywhere you get your podcast also you can subscribe to our youtube page to always have access to our video replay available at youtube.com slash sports podcasting network Dwayne, it's it, it feels like it's a medal time, it's bronze time, it's our bronze age, and it was quite the competition yesterday in the long jump, we talked about Cuban athlete earlier, well Cubans finished second and third in this competition, but the man, the legend, Glue of Greece finished first in a compelling competition that I want to talk about because, first of all, I always love long jump. And I think it stems from my love of track and field on the Nintendo system back in the day. And I did have the mat. So I was able to run on it. And then you jump and the guy would jump. So I played that long jump game like a lot. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why I really love that competition. And technology brings us enjoyment sometimes in these competitions and what's fun about the the long jump and the technology is they put overlay lines on the sand where oh where the world record is where the Olympic record is and then the leader where he is for the gold for the bronze and the silver so as soon as someone jumps you can with the shape of the hole in the sand you kind of like can see where they are or just while they're in the air be like oh my god he's almost there and seeing that cue Makes it for even someone who doesn't know that you can see during the jump if the person is doing a good jump, and that was really compelling to me. And to see the different technique, and with the advent of cameras and lens, now you have like the close up shot of the foot on the board, and you see the millimeter close to the red uh, molding clay that's there. It's so compelling to me, I couldn't stop watching, and then you see that that jump and you see them moving in the air, to slow-mo at that 240,000 frames per second. That was really fun to me. Talk about a sport that used to be kind of like boring to watch on television, augmented by technology and great athletes and advanced also in human physiognomy, physiology. But I thought it was a fascinating competition.
1: Um. I've told people in the show that I ran track when I was young before. My absolute favorite event was always the long jump. There's something very pure about the long jump. We all as watch superhero shows and dream of, put the idea of flight. Those dudes are flying, and women that do it as well. I want you to take a tape measure if you're at home and you think the long jump's not impressive, <laughs> and measure out how far they jump. So, so measure
0: out 8.41 meters, then a board of 21 centimeters behind it okay so that white board sometimes they're not even touching it so 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 add some at the end because crazy results let's just quickly talk about the winner here Miltiadis Tentoglou. Of course he has won the Olympic game. He's a European indoor champion. He's also world champion and I uh, finished 10th in world championship in Qatar. He's been a European powerhouse in long jumping for a long time. In Rio he finished 27th. He was really struggling. But that progression Since then, really shows a lot. He finished like second in the World U20 Championships back in 2016 too. So he's still young, but you're talking about someone who has a lot of potential still. And of course, he won the European Indoor Championship in Glasgow in 2019. He won the European Championship in Berlin in 2018, the full one. And he's continuing his progress. He will be one of the powerhouse in long jump. He has a different technique than others, too. He's a bit more flat, so he's kind of like straight up. He's very vertical when he's uh, jumping compared to others that like to get horizontal and fall forward to get kind of like a bit more that way and move a lot of the arms. Tanto Glue is more of a static type of jumper where he gets in into position, he stays almost immobile, and he stays straight, and then he, he lands. It's a fascinating way, and maybe the beginning of a new... Way to long jump. That's different. You remember in the high jump, we've seen different technique over the years. Famously, the Fosbury Flop was used all the way to the technique that is used today, that is more efficient. But the Fosbury Flop was, you would jump and you would have your chest facing that bar and kind of like roll your body over that way. That was called the Fosbury Flop. And now there's a different technique. Maybe in long jump, we're seeing the beginning of a new vertical type of technique.
1: Well, maybe. Yeah. And like, look, when I used to do long jump back actually years ago, I'm not going to give you the years because I don't want to feel old, but uh, we were taught to run in the air and they don't do it anymore. They do the float thing. And like, yeah, anything that sort of evolves the sport is always interesting. I love track and I love all track events. And, but the long jump has always been very special to me because I used to like run up and down jumping every day and just the idea of seeing how far he can go just it's just so pure to me but at any rate it's one
0: of the few sports too that we can all like start to do because we all have a park not too far away that has a playground and has like sand in it so run on the grass use the the, the chain like the what's it called the sidewalk chain you know the, the the border use that as your plank and just jump in the sand and then you're right who's the furthest Yeah,
1: no, i'll, I'll tell you what it will absolutely Underline to you how much PRs matter because if you jump and jump and jump and you notice that you're always, you well always jump the same distance and you will get a little bit better the more you do it, the faster you get, the stronger you're dead. When you go like six centimeters longer than you did the last time before, you'll be like amazingly excited by that. <laughs> and, those those round numbers will matter a lot. Like, they're irrelevant. Like, I can tell you right now that my, my PB, when I was a kid, was eight centimeters away from a round number. And to this day, the fact that I didn't get those eight centimeters, which is, like, the length of – if you take your fingers and spread them apart as far as I go, that's what eight centimeters is. It's okay, not good. much. Like, it, it's right there.
0: Thank you it's, for using it, fingers. It so irritates me, yeah. Thank you for using fingers as the example. I did not know where you were going with that.
1: Well, no, eight it, hundred. Well,
0: if it's it, it, uh, <laughs> Inch- shut up now, but it, no, inches you, <laughs> would
1: have been different.
0: Oh, all right, I said it. Uh-huh. Anyways Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> um- <laughs>
1: I am I'm still gonna hit that six meter mark eventually, but it's fine. And one day, uh one day. Here we six
0: are. six meter. Uh and tentagu did eight point forty one for that gold medal at the Olympics. Which Oh
1: no, yeah, it's much further than that. That's a whole whole like body length away, but still, yeah.
0: And then you and, wanna you but... wanna be impressed? Put those in, in in foot or use the imperial system. So times three, it's thirty feet long. Uh-huh. <laughs> you yeah, jump enough. almost
1: thirty feet. Almost, yeah. And look, they fly, they're flying. It's incredible. And I love this sport. But anyway, it's good that we have it in there and and, and I'm glad we saw a little flight today. And it's also, I think one of the interesting things about the long jump is that the human, the extent of human capability has sort of been reached for a long time. Uh, Bob Beeman back in 1968 uh, with wind aided and low altitude hit A very long jump that was beat, eventually was beaten, but not by much, by like basically a toenail, and that's basically as far as anyone can jump. Eventually, I think someone might jump nine meters, but it's that's about as far as we can go.
0: And it's also the day where an athlete of that caliber will decide to do it that long jump because, you you know, Lamont Jacobs, Lamont Jacobs, before being a gold medal sprinter at the Olympics as an Italian. Well, he actually started as a long jump and he focused on the sprint over the last few years. So there's also that aspect. It's not like there's a lot of money in the long jump. You know, It's not where you're going to get fame. Like even if you win 10,000 gold medal at the Olympics in long jump. Sorry, that Sports Illustrated cover will be hard to get. But maybe someone will sometime will have a, an athlete so well-rounded they'll decide to do more than one event and maybe it's that young Harrison, Javina Harrison for the United States. He's a high jump and he's a long jump. He was a contender in both and he made the finals in both. So maybe he's the contender to eventually break that record. Now. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Quickly, before we move on prior to well, before 84, like 84 was the last time it happened. The one, two, four by one and long jump was the ultimate four. That's, that that was considered like kind of one of the great uh track and field athletics uh things you could do and and since that time a lot of people that have been sprinters well not a lot of people most sprinters have not done long jump like it's not in the sort of spectacle of what they do so th- that's kind of a shame and and I hope that we do one day see someone try to do the 100 long jump double again because it's a remarkable thing and it's similar similar skills speed matters a lot in that that event
0: yeah it's basically just knowing your stride length and being able to match it to where the board is and then execute. And then you might have a good long jump. We'll see if that happens ever again, but that may be the reason. And maybe we'll see more or better long jump coming in the future. Let's talk about a silver medal for Day 10. It is Jasmine Kamasho quinn new Olympic record in the semifinal. You don't see that too often. Usually you keep a little bit for the final, but she did. She kept enough to get that gold medal for the final. Yes. She's from Puerto Rico. She had the opportunity to represent Puerto Rico from her mother's side. She is of course from the USA. She, she is an athlete for Kentucky in the NCAA. She's a legend. She has won almost everything you can from uh, Division One outdoor, indoor championships, from easily the SEC championship, invitationals. We're talking about even great performances in the Diamond League event. She finished first in Florence earlier this year in the 100 meters hurdles, and she did a new Olympic record in the semifinal. All the conditions were there. And for the final, she almost did a perfect race and was on pace to break that Olympic record, if not even world record pace. But she kind of nicked that ninth hurdle just a little bit and just enough to cost her at least 11th hundredth of a second, which cost her. Another Olympic record, but she still has the Olympic record, her first gold medal, after having difficulties in Rio, where she was eliminated in the semifinal, she got DQ'd, this time around, she made it to the final, and she finished on top, and if you could read lips, at the end of that race, the camera was on her face, and she says, I effing did it, I did it, you could just see that on the on the lips, and I can only imagine the feeling of doing something that I can dream of forever, and the moment you realize that there's a wave coming over you and the only thing you could be like i freaking did it i just did it and then ah it's beautiful
1: well 100 percent, yeah like i mean we can't comprehend what they do and we've talked to enough olympians over the past little while that will tell us that it's all about the pr or pbs pardon me and world championships and all that but and it is. I, I, I believe that they believe that, but I think that Olympic gold medal is, is is something a little more special. Even deep down in their heart, they're they're being a little dismissive of that. But but regardless, look, I think one of the things that you mentioned there is the, the fast time they ran in the semifinal. That that's an interesting point to to peak, to you know, drill down on. This entire track meet has been so far, and we're early in it, but it's been incredibly fast to the point that you used to be that you could kind of sleep on the heats. you really can't anymore. there have been great sprinters, great racers that have been on the border or have been eliminated early. And that's, that's all you can ask for in a track meet. Like you don't know, like when it gets to a final, you just don't know because there's been so much that happened before. <laughs> and there's so much to go still. And it's, it's amazing. And yeah, it, it's, it's Yeah, they've absolutely stepped up and have, even though there's been an extra year, they're laying it down and they are racing (laughs) hard from the get-go and that's amazing.
0: The conditions on the track are not easy. It's varying from 35 to 40 degrees Celsius every single day in the Olympic Stadium. The thing is, for sprinters, so for 100 meters, 200 meters, maybe all the way to 400, but then it becomes more of an endurance sport, and we have seen these athletes struggle. We have seen the Jamaican, after qualifying first in his heat of the 400 meters, being carried off on a wheelchair off of the track because he couldn't even walk. He collapsed. So you're seeing that type of performance from... The track at the 400. But for the 100 and 200, the conditions are are perfect. It's muggy. It's hot. It's humid. A little bit of altitude. That's just perfect for sprinters. Will we see a world record? I don't believe so on the 200. Will we see another great time in the Canadian and more performing well? I believe so because the conditions are there. We have seen Andre de perform well. We'll have the the heat of the 200 men later today. The 200 meter woman final will take place Day 11 in the morning for us on the Eastern Time board. So uh, that is also something fascinating to keep an eye on. But yeah, the track has been an amazing competition over the last few days, which leads us to our gold medal, Dwayne, because our gold medal is another great performance that took place yesterday in multiple fashion. It's a a two-shot gold medal to a gold medalist yes but also an amazing athlete with great resolve Stefan Hassan of the Netherlands so she's already won the five thousand meters she got the gold medal there mm-hmm. and and let me set the table it's the heats for the 1500s she's she wants to take it not too hard she already had did some work and she, she she's going there and she's about About a thousand meters close. A little less in it. She's in the final bend. A little bit before the final bend. And she gets stripped. And she falls. She gets back up. Adrenaline dump. And starts running her life away. She runs. And runs. And overtakes every single one. To run the quickest 500 meters I've ever seen. A rocket. She wins the freaking heat. Heading into... The less of the competition here. But Sifan Hassan, gold medalist, favorite in the 1500 also. This close to disaster. But from the brink of disaster to winning our heats by, uh, by two-tenths of a second. insane.
1: Oh, no, 100%. And look, it, over the last few Olympics, we've seen some weird doubles out there. The distance doubles, doubles that don't necessarily make sense, like 8-4, 15 10 or whatever like i i don't think if you've never run track you cannot understand how insane what these people are doing and what she's doing right now nuts this is the star of the games evolving and we're watching it happen circle that name remember that name that's gonna be there's not a winner of the olympics the overall olympic really isn't that there's no competition for it but there is kind of in the consciousness of, of the world there's always an athlete a performance that everyone remembers and is the defining moment of the games I have a sneaky feeling that this person might be involved in it that's all I'm going to say
0: Safan Hassan was quite a performance and we're wishing her all the best in the rest of the competition in the 1500s and all the other events that she's taking part of it will be a fascinating time before we say goodbye let's take a look At the medal standings for day 10, after day 10, the order hasn't changed. The numbers have grown. 29 gold medals for China, number one in these games so far. USA, second with 22. Japan, third, 17. Australia, 14 gold medals, fourth. Then we got The Rock. Do not call me Dwayne Johnson Rock. (laughs) is fifth. I'm not going to get that. I'm never going to find that joke not funny. It's like just 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 it's, like a rock movie it's always okay. funny yeah
1: <laughs> yeah go ahead Can you smell cooking? yeah
0: I... exactly i'm getting hungry now 12 for the rock 11 for great britain and canada in 14th position with three four and seven three gold four silver and seven bronze for canada heading into day 11 of course day 11 We'll have some gymnastic finals. Simone Biles and Ellie Black making their debut in this competition. We will also have the 200-meter final on the women's. Will Shellyann Fraser-Price get that gold medal and maybe even a record? Hmm. Will we see more surprising results? We didn't talk about it, but one of my wood medal could have been Jackson. Uh. Jamaican uh, sprinter who thought she was good for third spot and she kind of like coasted to the line and got pipped to the line and is eliminated in the heats you never know what's going to happen and uh, that was a crazy crazy time but good things are coming on day 11 run to the line I was taught that when I ran track run to the line, lean in
1: why are you you holding up back why are you pointing the out run to the line
0: Yeah, exactly. You never know. And uh, gloating never amounts to uh, a funny no, no moment. for that, no. Exactly. On that note, Dwayne and I will uh, will have some sleep. We'll get ready for day 11 and tomorrow's show. Until then, you can follow Dwayne on social media at 24th Minute, myself at Kev Laramie, and this show at 5 Rings Podcast. As always, live Monday to Friday for you on this beautiful thing that is podcast, YouTube, and everywhere. You can get your show and on Twitter. But as always, until next time, have a great Olympiad.